my, my job is to somehow make them curious enough or persuade them by hook or crook to get more aware of themselves and where they came from and what they are into and what is already there and just to bring it out. This is what compels me to compel them. And I will do it by whatever means necessary. Welcome to the Black Girls Heal podcast, where we talk about healing our intimacy disorders, unresolved trauma, and building a healthy relationship with first ourselves and then others. Every episode, we will talk about advice you can apply today to break unhealthy patterns and grow in your self-worth. I'm Sheena Lachey, love addiction coach and trauma specialist. Let's begin. Hello, hello, and welcome to the latest episode of Black Girls Heal. I am, as always, so happy to share today's episode with you. Today, we have a special guest. We have Dr. Marquetta Sims a perfectionism expert out of Atlanta, Georgia, who's going to be talking to us about how to work through and heal our perfectionism. Uh, This is probably one of the most common issues that women in our community struggle with, you know, probably people in general, but definitely women in our community. And so Dr. Sims did such an amazing, an amazing job and breaking down uh, the origins of it, what it looks like in our life practically, and giving us some tips and encouragement and support of how to work through it. She also is an EMDR expert, which if you have been following this podcast for a while, you know I'm a big fan of. And so she talks about what EMDR therapy is. And if it sounds helpful to you, then hopefully that'll be your encouragement to go and find a therapist in your area that specializes in it. But In editing this episode, there were so many parts that I just wanted to pause and run around and shout because she just was on a roll. (laughs) So I hope that you enjoy this episode. I hope that you find it helpful. I hope that if you have been ongoing in your work in perfectionism, this just helps reinforce the work you've already done or maybe supplement and fill in some gaps in areas that would be good for you to look at. And if you haven't even started your journey working through perfectionism or you've been holding on a little bit tight to it, hopefully this gives you some alternative ways to practice self-care and self-love and self-compassion while still being committed to your goals. So that's it for our intro. Let's go ahead and jump on in. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. Before we get started, let's take a small break to say thank you to this week's sponsors. for listening to this week's podcast. Before we get started, let's take a small break to say thank you to this week's sponsors. With the crazy heat waves we are experiencing this summer, especially here in Texas, it can be hard to stay fresh while you're out and about. And that's why I've incorporated the Honey Pot's foaming wash and wipes into my daily routine. The Cucumber Aloe Honey Pot wipes provide a quick refresh when I leave a day of errands and head to a girls' night with friends. If you're heading to an outdoor concert or festival, the Honey Pot wipes are a must to keep you fresh between the fun. Both the foaming wash and wipes are plant-derived, backed by science, dermatologist-approved, gynecologist approved and hypoallergenic get 25% off your first order from the honeypot.co slash summer that's t-h-e-h-o-n-e-y-p-o-t dot c-o slash summer to get 25% off your first order and join the hive today 
Okay, so today on the podcast, I have Dr. Marquetta Sims. Hey, Marquetta. Hey, Shana. How are you? I am fantastic. I am so excited to have you on the podcast to talk about perfectionism and being freed from it because if I know one thing, I know that this is something that we really need to get a handle on. So I'm excited for you to share your expertise. Thank you. Thank you so much. It is a topic that I enjoy talking about. It's something that I realized um, was showing up a lot in my own personal and professional life. And so I agree, it's definitely something that I want us to get a wrap on, especially as Black women. Before we get started, though, can you tell us more about yourself? Absolutely. So um, as you mentioned, I am Dr. Marquetta Sims. I am a licensed psychologist. I own a group practice in Atlanta, Georgia. We are fully virtual right now, um, but we specialize in trauma treatment. We are all something called EMDR trained, um, which is a special form of trauma training. And we work with perfectionists. We work with people who experience anxiety and depression as a result of their trauma. And we also provide um, faith-based therapy. So I, I love this work because I think that so much of um, far too often we've been told like keep what happens in our house in our house and we experience these like myriads of traumas that we just have to kind of keep carrying day to day and so I love being able to create a space for Black women to come and take their cape off and let their hair down and be authentic and really show up in the world as their full selves and being able to witness that transformation, um, the moving away from having to feel perfect to feel worthy and the moving away from having to prove themselves to everyone and everything in the world. That is such an empowering experience for me. And I get to live that through my clients on a daily basis. So that is just, that's a little bit about what makes me really excited about the work that I do. Mm, yes, yes. You are the perfect person to talk about this. So as we do need to break free of all the ways that we've internalized trauma, which actually, which absolutely shows up as perfectionism. So yes. let's, let's just start with the basics. How do we define perfectionism? What is it? Yes. And so that is such a great question to start with. And I'll be fully transparent that the way that I talk about perfectionism is different from the way that other people talk about perfectionism and maybe even the way that you'll kind of look it up and read about it on a blog or on in Webster's Dictionary. But when I think about perfectionism and how I teach it to my clients as well, is this this sense of worthlessness or is this sense of having to do everything right in order to prove that you are worthy of something and so a lot of people when they hear perfectionism it's like well no I don't need my all of my hairs to be in the perfect place I don't need to get all of the answers right like that isn't I don't need that so that means I'm not a perfectionist but then we talk about like do you engage in people pleasing where you won't you know, confront someone or um, you avoid conflict because you don't want to disappoint people or you don't want people to dislike you? Do you spend all of this time having this internal conflict without actually speaking about it and without actually advocating for yourself because you're afraid of failing or you're afraid of making a mistake? When we start really digging into those pieces, we really do realize that perfectionism actually plays a larger role than people think that it does. And to me, when I talk about it, it really comes down to this core belief that you don't have worth and that the way that you prove that you have worth is by doing everything right or doing everything to please other people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It makes a lot of sense. And I think that relates because one thing that I see often is people who 
really try to be perfect, but they mm -hmm. constantly feel like they're failing. Mm -hmm. um, constantly feel as if they're missing the mark. And so yeah. they're struggling towards this goal that they can't reach. Can, can you talk more about that? Absolutely. So that's another layer of the perfectionism is that when we set these, these goals, they're already, they're always unrealistic and too high to actually attain. And so we're constantly in this cycle of being afraid of failing. So we want to do everything perfect to avoid the failure, but because our goals are so high, first of all, just saying that you want to do something perfectly, or you want to do something right all the time, it's an automatic, you're already going to fail because there's no way to do something right all the time. So we set these really high bars of perfection. We set these really high bars of we're just going to be the ideal person the ideal partner, the ideal student, the ideal daughter, and then we fail. And then we feel awful because we fail and we're still going to constantly try to do it right. And so it's like this, this cycle and this basically hamster wheel that we stay on of trying to avoid failure at all costs, because then that means that we're not perfect and that means that we're not worthy. But then setting these high goals that are automatically going to cause us to fail. And it's, it's a lose-lose situation every single time. Mm -hmm. How mm -hmm. often do you see this show up in the population that you support? All the time. <laughs> like, <laughs> it literally like day in and day out and it shows up in such nuanced ways, which is really one of the time the times that I get really excited so I know it's weird to talk about being excited about um, like doing mental health work because it can be really heavy and it's really challenging and people get really stuck in some of their limiting beliefs but the reason I get excited about it is because if we're actually able to provide that healing and we're actually able to resolve these traumatic experiences that people have had they actually get to experience the freedom on the other side of it and so we are doing this work constantly. I have clients who come in, they've experienced these childhood traumatic experiences. They've developed these desires and these beliefs that they have to be perfect. And they're realizing in their adult lives, because we primarily work with, well, we um, solely work with adult women. They're realizing in their adult lives that those patterns and the adaptations that they've developed to the trauma no longer serve them anymore. It's not healthy for them to not have good boundaries. So that's one way that it shows up is people don't want to set boundaries or they set those boundaries in their relationships and then they end up not holding people accountable to those boundaries or people are in these work environments and they're overcompensating they're working 40 50 60 hours a week way above what they need to be doing because they feel like they have to do more what is it twice as much to get half as much and so they're constantly in these spaces of overworking and overproducing just to get someone to see them and show that they're worthy and they're worth their job and they're worth getting a promotion I see it and just like how people don't feel satisfied in relationships with other people because either a they're scared to ask for what they need or they so this is the thing that kind of gets perfectionists caught up a little bit is we project that onto other people so if I have these high standards of myself and I feel like I can do it all the time. I don't have to sleep to get things done. I know exactly what you need and I'm gonna provide that for you. We project that onto other people and expect them to be perfect as well. And so they find themselves not being satisfied in their relationships. They don't feel like their partner is doing enough because they also don't feel like they're doing enough in their own lives. Does that make sense? Makes a lot of sense. There are a lot of layers to this is what mm -hmm. it's saying. And as, 
perfectionism sounds like it affects multiple domains of our relationships and not just our own self-talk. Yes, absolutely. It can impact, of course, our own selves, but it also impacts what we're looking for and expecting in other people. And I even think about parents and how perfectionist parents are going to expect their children like I don't know if you ever had that experience of you better come home with straight A's. If you come home with a B, you can take it back to school. And that is not going to work in this household. Um, like so many of my clients have experienced things like that, or they poured themselves into being the perfect student to kind of soothe the chaos that they are experiencing in their home. So we can translate those things and pass those things on to the people who interact with us because of the expectations that we have for ourselves and the expectations that we have for others. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that makes sense. Um, earlier, you were talking about how perfectionism can stop us from showing up with boundaries and expressing our boundaries. And it sounded like you were talking not just about external boundaries with other people, but also our own internal boundaries with ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, can you say a little bit more about that? Yeah, absolutely. So I think that one of the, um, I'll talk about it, try to talk about it in a specific example. I see it come up a lot, and this is kind of personal for me too. I see it come up a lot with entrepreneurs. Um, people who have their own businesses, there is this idea of what it means to do it the exact right way and what it means to be excelling and to be successful and to feel like um, you are doing enough for your job. And so as an entrepreneur, there's always something more that you can be doing to generate leads or get more income or quote unquote, be more successful. And so we set up these really high standards for ourselves. And maybe we have a boundary that, okay, we're only gonna work 20 hours a week, or we're only gonna spend X amount of time a day doing this work. But then when we feel like we haven't done enough, when we feel like the time that we've allotted has come and there's still so much more to do, we break that compromise or we break that commitment to ourselves and we decide, well, no, just a little bit more. No, I'm going to spend a few more hours. No, I'm going to do more. I'm going to keep pushing and doing more, even though that's also taking away from other areas of our lives. So a lot of times with perfectionism, we can get into this cycle of breaking our commitments to ourselves because we feel like we need to keep pushing and we need to keep striving and we need to keep doing more because even what we're doing just doesn't feel like enough. So if I've said that this is when I'm stopping or this is the kind of relationship that I'm going to have or this is the kind of environment that I want to set up for myself, but that still doesn't feel like enough, like it still feels like there's something missing, that I'm going to keep trying and keep adjusting and keep bending and keep forcing myself into a different role or a different way of showing up and being just so that I can feel the comfort of this feeling like enough or me feeling like I am putting and investing more and more and more until I hopefully at some point feel like it's not enough or feel like it is enough. Mm -hmm. So internal boundaries look like respecting when respecting your energy level and a boundary with yourself that looks like self-care it looks like mm-hmm. limiting yourself uh, which yes. I think uh, to highlight because we talk so much about boundaries with other people and how we need to be aware of how other people treat us and knowing what our standards are is that to your point sometimes we can eliminate the fact that we have to have our own standards with ourselves like we are in charge of how we show up and how we care for ourselves or don't 
care for ourselves. Would you? Yes, I 100% agree. And I even talk to my clients about like, you have to be the model of how you want other people to treat you. And it's not so much to say that like, well, if you're not taking care of yourself and other people shouldn't be taking care of you, that's not what I'm saying at all. But I do believe that it starts with you first. Like we talk a lot. So as faith-based therapists, we talk to our clients a lot about like, love yourself as your neighbor. And we start with the love yourself, right? So if you are loving yourself and pouring into yourself. And when I think about boundaries, you hit the nail on the head because it's really not just about saying no. Saying no is an excellent boundary, but I also think that that commitment to how you're going to show up for you, how you're going to love yourself, how you're going to pour into yourself is also a boundary. And so if you say, I don't talk to people after 10 p.m., phone goes on do not disturb, you don't talk to people after 10 p.m. That is something that you are committing to yourself and it's a boundary that you're committing to other people. And so being able to really tune in and focus in on what are the limits that I need to set around to protect myself, to protect my time, to protect my energy, to protect my finances. And a lot of people get into this space of, oh, well, that's selfish. I don't want to be considered selfish. I don't want to be um, consider it like I don't care about other people. But what I tell people all the time is that if you are so invested in caring for yourself out of your health and out of your well being and out of your wellness, you are able to pour into other people in an authentic and genuine way, as opposed to developing resentment, as opposed to being in a place of like obligation, as opposed to feeling like you don't have anything left to give to other people, that the boundaries that you set around your own personal life really allow you to show up and have more space and room to care for other people. So it ends up being a win-win, but we get so caught up in this, well, that's selfish. I don't want to take care of myself. I've never even seen other people be able to take care of themselves that we just pour and invest into other people. And I think that that's also a boundary issue. No, that's, that's great. You know, what I, what I really love about what you're saying is I can see the overlap of multiple different things being true at the same time, or I guess mm-hmm. multiple different things that we work on coming together. So we're talking about perfectionism, but I also hear just the threads of what happens when we have generational trauma that mm-hmm. looks like, I mean, this podcast is for women. So mm-hmm. um, women who've gone before us who haven't mm-hmm taken time for themselves, either because they didn't actually have the time to do so because they were running everything and there was a legitimate need for it or, and, or they have, they didn't know how, they didn't know how to rest and that wasn't normalized for them. And so now what I make up or what I see is that even people who are not perfectionists still Mm -hmm. struggle with those internal limits that you're discussing. Um, they still struggle with what does balance actually look like for me. Okay, so uh, I have a question based on what you're sharing. So what would you say to someone who is protective regarding their perfectionism or someone who may not be perfectionism, but they're hearing what you're saying or what we're talking about as far as uh, resting and taking your time and having limits. But the truth is also that they have real responsibilities. There are things that actually have to get done, that there's actually work to do. And it's not necessarily that someone's trying to be um, 
detail obsessed, but that maybe the details matter for the things that they're doing. So what's, what's the balance between being perfectionistic versus actually just being responsible and um, on task, I guess. Yes, and that is such a good question. Trust me, um, my clients push back on me with this all the time. So definitely prepare to answer this. The, the balance is doing a realistic evaluation and check-in about, is it unrealistic? So what I mean by that is we live in a, a culture that is very much so hustle and grind. It's very much so like you sleep when you're dead and you have to, especially if you're starting a business or you're trying to get a promotion or you're trying to, um, you want success or you want all of these different things. When you have all these goals and these desires, the message is you work harder, you grind, you put your head down and you figure it out until you get to a place where you don't have to worry about that anymore. And my counter to that is, are you burnt out? Are you tired? Are you irritable? Are you snappy? Do you have time to invest in other relationships or is the only or other areas of your life? So maybe you are pouring more into doing the details in a relationship and not in a business or not in work. Or maybe you are pouring more into being a parent and not into some of these other areas. But it really is about are you spending so much time and so much energy in one area or in anything and it's snatching and draining away from other things that is the realistic question because if you're doing things and you're you're healthy and you're happy and you feel good and you're present and you're not anxious and you're sleeping at night if those things are happening then you're probably not experiencing this challenge but the reality is that if you are sitting down working on a project for 10 hours just because you want this wording to be exactly correct you really have to do a question of like a realistic assessment of is that necessary or is there something else that you are trying to compensate for when you are spending all this time investing into this one thing and so the balance really does come from exploring the why exploring what are the other factors that are happening around you and then the other thing that i think is really important to consider is we've never really been taught what rest is and what that looks like we don't all we know is get eight hours of sleep. But one of the things that happened for me when I was getting my, um, I didn't say this earlier, I'm a yoga and meditation teacher. And when I was getting my training, we did a lot of focus on restorative yoga. And before this training, I was like, restorative yoga, I'm trying to do my planks, I'm trying to do my chaturangas, like give me my downward facing dogs. But the beauty of restorative yoga, which is something that I was kind of honestly forced into was this concept of resting while you're awake, which was something that I had not really considered before the training. And the thing about the resting is that in those moments, it feels unproductive. It feels like I could be spending an hour doing something else. It feels like there is so much in the world that is happening around me as I am pausing and being still, but on the other side of it, we hope you're enjoying the podcast so far. Let's take a quick break to say thanks to this week's sponsors. 
As our country continues to grow and make new meaning of the intersection between current and historical events, it is so important to stay connected to the voices and the leaders who are influencing what progress, connection, equality, and truth mean to us as Black people. The next generation of influential Black voices can be found on NPR's new collection, Black Stories, Black Truths. Black Stories, Black Truths is a celebration of Blackness from NPR. Each of NPR's Black voices are as distinct, varied, and nuanced as the Black experience itself. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collection, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and creating world-shifting things out of struggle. Every episode is a living account about what it means to be Black today, told from a unique Black perspective. From Bobby Shmurda to The Wire, Michelle Obama to Reparations, there's no limit to the range of Black stories, Black truths. Black perspectives haven't always been centered in the telling of America's story. Now they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection from some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the Black experience. Here are a feed of episodes from across NPR's podcasts that center Black voices. It's NPR Noir. Turn on NPR today and hear a range of voices as varied, nuanced, and Black as the country we reflect. Stories should never be about us without us. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths on NPR, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, we hope you're enjoying the podcast so far. Let's take a quick break to say thanks to this week's sponsors. There was so much more energy and so much more presence and so much more mindfulness as a result of my resting that I was able to accomplish so much more. And so there is this belief that we have that if we pause and if we don't pay attention to every single detail and if we aren't working 80 hours a week or if we aren't doing taking the kids to all of the different events and all of the different um, school activities and spending all of our time pouring into them that in some way shape or form it's not going to work out and it's not going to be successful. But when we do slow down, when we do rest, when we do find that in-between space of I don't have to do it all and it's still going to work out, there is a beauty in there that so many of us miss out on because we won't just stop and get out of the grind to be able to realize what that gap actually is. Ladies, I am so excited to share that for this podcast episode, I've partnered with eHarmony, the dating app that helps people find real genuine connection. And for me, this app has absolutely held true to their promise, connecting me to a truly incredible relationship and partnership with someone who truly gets me. Dating apps can be so hard when it comes to filtering through persons who you may not have anything in common with or who may not be super serious about the process and committed. With eHarmony's one-of-a-kind compatibility quiz, you get a baseline standard in every match of your compatibility around values, communication styles, likes and dislikes, energy levels, and so much more. My experience with eHarmony has always been superb with not only the quality of men I was matched with, but also with our compatibility when dating, eliminating the stress of feeling as if I was wasting my time. So join the dating app that helps users find their most authentic relationships. eHarmony, get who gets you and start free today. Hey, we hope you're enjoying the podcast so far. Let's take a quick break to say thanks to this week's sponsors. That is really good. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Um, 
what I heard, just to recap what I heard is that if we are losing out in one area to try to overcompensate for for another, then it's passing our functioning. And so there's the problem. But outside yeah. of that, we can we can work and we can focus and we can um, create to our heart's content. Right? Thank you for saying that because I want to make sure that people don't hear that I'm saying, oh, go out and be lazy, go out and be mediocre, go out and just submit things subpar and halfway. That's not what I'm saying at all. Like, I know that you're still going to be excellent. I know that you still have these amazing standards and that you want success and you're going to be driven and you're going to do those things. But do we stop and pause and celebrate those things? Like how often, because this happens a lot with people who experience perfectionism or happens a lot with people who are just super high achieving and super driven is that once one thing happens, it's on to the next. Once one thing happens, it's like, okay, moving on. Here's my next thing. When we don't even pause to say, oh girl, you did that thing. Because the perfection in you wants to say, not until we hit hundred percent, not until we hit the final goal, not until we hit that final achievement. But again, if we go back to the beginning, we are setting these unrealistically high goals. And so what if we never hit those unrealistic high goals? You never celebrate. You never take a moment to say, this is amazing work. This is great work. This is this is what I'm doing. When we don't stop and do that, it really does just keep continuing to create that cycle of I'm not enough. I'm never going to be enough. This is never going to be good enough because you're not even celebrating the small things in between. So absolutely keep doing wonderful and amazing things in the world but can we also pause and reflect about those things and not tear ourselves down to be able to do those things and I think the other thing too though is that we have to be really honest with ourselves because a lot of people will be like no I'm just fine like I'm doing well like I'm doing good like I can I can work 80 hours a week and be fine it's like Let's be real honest with ourselves and do that assessment and do that inventory of what is happening in our lives. And can you really say that as you're working these 80 hours a week that you also have flourishing friendships, that you also have good relationships with your family, that you're also taking care of your health, that you're eating three meals a day, snacks in between, that you're sleeping at night, that you're resting. Like, can we really say that if you're doing all of that in one area of your life? Mm-hmm. Oh, that makes a lot of sense. Makes a lot of sense. So then let's talk about how does someone work through this? How does someone heal from perfectionism? Yes. And so my first, my first thing is always going to be therapy. Um, because the way that I conceptualize perfectionism is that it is rooted in trauma, whether that is developmental childhood trauma. So experiencing chaos and instability and uncertainty in the household when you were growing up as children, we've tried to figure out ways to adapt and adjust to that. And a lot of times the adapting and the adjusting is being the perfect child. That is a way that like, Mom won't be mad at me. Dad won't be mad at me. I can go to school and it will look all good if I'm getting straight A's and I'm showing up all the time. That is a like one of the ways that trauma manifests in an adaptive way. It's a protective factor. And so 
in therapy, in this whole process, being able to offer compassion around why that perfectionism exists is so important. But those traumas, the childhood traumas, the generational traumas, I definitely think that those things can be passed on from generation to generation. The um, environmental, like institutionalized trauma that we experience of making sure that you are doing everything right, that hands are at 10 and four on the wheel if you get pulled over by the police, like those kinds of things really do impact and take a toll on us in terms of what we internalize and how we behave and act in this world. And so therapy is a really great place to be able to process and work through some of that because of the beliefs that we internalize around it. Um, again, compassion is a really important part of that too, of being able to just say to yourself, to your perfectionism. So I like to kind of personify these different aspects of us instead of saying like I am a perfectionist or I have or I'm anxious or I am x y and z really taking those identities and putting them to the side so like sitting your perfectionist self off to the side and saying hey I know that you are here to protect me I know that when we were growing up you needed to be here so that we could be okay and we could survive but I'm in a different place in my life right now I am working on different things. I got this, I can take care of us. You sit right here next to me and watch me do this work. Don't feel like you have to hop in and take care of me. It's my turn to take care of you now. And so really kind of speaking to, and some people will call it like inner child work, like parts work, but really taking those parts that get activated and soothing them, finding a way to tell them like, it is okay. We are going to be fine. We are going to work through this and we don't have to burn ourselves out to get to a place where we're going to be okay. Another okay. thing. Yeah, I, go ahead. Real quick. Um, just to like give an example of that. And this is, it's not embarrassing, but I, I want to like share because it, it really does work and just co-sign what you're saying. There are times that, especially if I am really stressed and I'm overwhelmed and I'm feeling like things are not working out or there's other tools I can use, but I just feel like I can't access them. I will do, I will absolutely do what you just said, which is that inner child work um, with the self-talk. And I wanted to share that example because when I'm doing my self-talk to my inner child, I'm not talking as an adult to another adult. So if my friend was stressed or overwhelmed, I would be like, girl, you got this, you can do this, I believe in you. Versus if I was talking to a five or six-year-old who was feeling overwhelmed, my voice would sound different. It would be softer, it, the word choice I would use. So it sounds something more like, you know, I, I know you're really stressed, but this is okay, you got it, I believe in you this is going to be okay. And I will, I will find myself at the points when I need that to literally, literally be talking to that younger part of myself, because that's the part of myself that's stressed and really consoling myself in that way and saying, you know what, you're going to do one more email and then it's going to be okay. And then you get to take a break and then you can look at TikTok and it's going to be so great. And Marquetta, when I tell you, Sometimes I'm just surprised how much <laughs> that works <laughs> mm -hmm, <laughs> and how mm -hmm. quickly that transformation happens because that's what I need. I don't need to be, I think the other thing about people who are perfectionists or what I can say is just those of us who have been so detached because of our trauma to knowing how to console and, and, and um, soothe ourselves is that we get so stuck in our head. 
the tools that we use, the ones that we gravitate towards are the ones that logically make sense. The ones that feel like they're more mature and more adult and the things that are younger or softer or they seem weaker in some ways or seem silly, we avoid, but that softness and that tenderness and that flexibility are literally the things that are missing from our life. Those are the reasons why we may feel drained, that we may feel unseen, that we may feel like we're doing all the right things because what we actually need is what part of ourselves feels like is coddling, but really what it is is self-kindness. Yes, yes, and yes. And thank you so much for sharing that example because it is 100% true. And even when I think about the other side of that, the self-talk that usually gets us into having these perfectionistic tendencies and pushing and going and being more, the self-talk is a lot more harsh. Not even like talking to a friend, but it is that um, that harsh parent or that inner critic or the person that is always criticizing and being mean or being a bully, that's usually what our inner talk looks like. And even when we're trying, I love that you shared that example because it is such a great way to be kind to yourself. We're not even talking about like, you don't have to do anything over the top, extra and above. We really just want you to say, hey, it's gonna be okay, sweetheart. Like it is gonna be fine. But so many of us, have never experienced that in our lives like we did not get that as a child and so it feels embarrassing or it feels weird to even be talking to ourselves like that or even feeling like we have the need to be in a place where we have to talk to ourselves like that but it is such a transformative and healing experience because we did not get that we don't know we didn't have that actual feeling but as a child that soothing that is necessary when we think about you said that that part of it feels kind of like coddling yourself. But the truth is, when you're a kid, you need those words. You need that language. You need the change. You need the tenderness. I love that word so much because as Black women, I feel like we just don't have a lot of spaces where we can be soft, where we can be tender, where we can be vulnerable, where we can let our hair down and just be human. And so taking that moment to soothe those parts using tenderness and kindness I have found that to be a very challenging thing for people, but also once it's actually tapped into one of the most powerful and transformative experiences people can have. Mm -hmm. I love it. Love that. Well, thank you for letting me share that example. Were there any yes. other steps that you were going to share to heal from? Oh, yes. I completely forgot about that question. Yes. <laughs> so something that I mentioned earlier to, um, a couple of things. One, embrace failure. Like embrace it. Let yourself make as many mistakes as you need to. Let yourself do things wrong because as you do things wrong, you start to figure out what works, what is going to be best, what is going to be most efficient. We spend so much time trying to be perfect and do it the quote unquote right way and pay attention to all of the different details. But the reality is you learn best when you get outside of the box. I color from time to time. And I remember when I was younger and I learned and I started learning how to color, they would teach us to like 
I don't know if my art teacher actually taught me this, but somewhere I picked up that you should outline the inside of the picture and then like shade it in because that makes it look prettier. But I would get caught up in this outline where it's like, no, just color outside, like just color. It's just color outside the lines, mess up, let some colors blend together, figure it out as you go along. But if we're so strict and we're so rigid in making it look perfect we don't get to experience the freedom of figuring out other things that may be better that may work differently and so allow yourself to fail but then also celebrate yourself every single step along the way i have just seen it too many times where people will show up to sessions with me and even with my friends it's like they'll get a compliment or they'll come back and they'll be like, yeah, I did this big thing. I accomplished this goal. Like I made this progress in therapy, but okay, this is all the other crap that has happened in my life and that I want to talk about. I'm like, wait, pause, whoa, slow down. Like, can we just take a moment to really sit down, reflect and tap in these positive feelings that you're experiencing? We don't just acknowledge something and then move away from it because that is breeding and feeding into that perfectionism is this idea that nothing is good enough why would I stop and celebrate and pause it so every time we stop and say yes I did this thing and it can literally be I did three things on my test list today they were not the biggest things they were not the most important things but I did those three things even though daylight savings time is kicking my butt I did three things today and I'm going to be proud of that. If we can just tap into the pride and the sense of accomplishment and all of the things that we do, that is also going to continue to combat the perfectionism as well. Mm, I love that. So get help, get outside help to help mm-hmm. you get out of your head. Cause usually what we think, what we think is clear thinking, there's a perspective that we're missing. And so that is what um, therapy can support with and then also celebrating your wins is that right yes and not being afraid of failure and not being afraid of failure love it yeah hey yeah. um I know EMDR is your specialty and it's um one of my favorite therapy models mm-hmm. to refer people to do so can you talk a little bit about what is EMDR and how you use it in your therapy practice with people Yeah, absolutely. So EMDR is a trauma treatment. It was originally researched and founded, used primarily with veterans, so people who um, had experienced trauma in war. And since then, it has been used in a variety of different situations. And so a lot of the clients that come in to see me don't identify with having trauma. And I, I love that we're kind of moving into this space now where trauma is being talked about more and we are actually realizing what most like what is kind of often described as small t trauma and that doesn't take away from the type of trauma it's just a way to kind of differentiate between kinds of trauma but this normalizing i would say of what trauma is really does help with applying this model and applying this treatment to a wide variety of concerns to a wide variety of people who are coming in and so with emdr we essentially try to desensitize the triggers that we experience in the present day from traumas that we've experienced in the past and so we replicate um, eye movement, rapid eye movement when you're sleeping. So a lot of times people will say, I went to sleep with this problem on my mind and then I woke up and I had more clarity around it. We tend to think that the biology behind that is that the rapid eye movement 
stimulates a process in the brain that allows the brain to process information while you're sleeping. So what we do in therapy is that we replicate that and we use bilateral stimulation, typically eye movements, to be able to reprocess past traumas so that you can actually experience healing from it. So people who are just activated and triggered and charged by these experiences in their past, we really do allow a space for you to be healed from that. That can happen in talk therapy and it usually happens over a longer period of time. But the benefit of EMDR is that it actually can reprocess traumas faster so that you're not spending years and years and years working through trauma this can really help to accelerate that process I don't want people to hear that like oh my gosh I'm going to go do EMDR and my trauma is going to be gone in a couple of sessions that's not what I'm saying that is not true but it does help to um, speed the process up a little bit and the beauty of EMDR is that you do not have to tell all the specific details of the trauma it can be a very re-traumatizing experience to just talk through every aspect of your trauma. But with EMDR, we just need an image. We need some words around like what your beliefs are about yourself, what the feelings and the physical sensations are that are coming up. And that will allow us to access the memory network that we can reprocess. Um, another thing that I really love about EMDR is that it is a very mindfulness-based practice. And so we do a lot of work with clients around getting in touch with their body, getting into, getting the ability to understand what their window of tolerance is. And so that's essentially, I describe it as a little square. If you're sitting in a square with your emotions, it's the square that you can sit in that will allow you to experience your emotions without going into being overstimulated or shutting down. And as we expand that box, we give you more space and more room to have bigger emotions without going to a place where you feel like you can't tolerate it or you feel like you have to shut down. So that being really in your body, being really able to be aware of your emotions, your feelings, like the way that your body is responding to trauma, I think that that is a unique part of EMDR that talk therapy doesn't always tap into. And as people who have a lot of trauma that we're experiencing on a daily basis that we've experienced generationally, historically, that has been stored in our bodies, the more that we can get a sense of awareness around that, I think that that also contributes to the healing process. So there are lots of things about EMDR that I love, and it also isn't just used for trauma. So we can use it with depression, anxiety, grief, loss. There are so many different ways that it can be applied. Um, and so it helps the healing process for a variety of different concerns too. Yes, yes. I love, love, love EMDR. So um, Find an EMDR specialist mm -hmm. in area if you can, especially if you find that there's some recurring traumas that you keep feel like you're hitting walls with. Um, to what you just said, EMDR is great with helping clear out things that you don't have words for. So um, I know we are at the end of our time together, but I wanted to ask, do you have any other thoughts about healing perfectionism before we close for today? Yes, I would just share that it's possible um, that it is not something that you have to continue doing. And I know that perfectionism has a lot of benefits, speaking personally, speaking from the people in my life that I know who are also perfectionists. It has so many benefits. Like 
you get things done, you have just like these really amazing results. Life is good, life is grand. And I would just remind you that if there is something that is missing in your life, if there is a void, if there is there are areas in your life that are not functioning and working well, then the perfectionism actually isn't working as well for you. And so go ahead and get the help that you need so that you can still be excellent, but not feel the, um, the heaviness of the emptiness that you feel when you're not able to really tap into all of those areas of your life. Love it. That's a great way to send us off. Thank you so much. I love yeah. it. You are so welcome. Thank you so, so much for having me. This was amazing. Yes, ma'am. Well, before we sign off, I would love if you could tell people where they can find you and connect with you, especially our Atlanta-based ladies who may be looking for therapists, for therapists and for support. Yes, absolutely. So our website is www.worthwisdomwellness.com. It is the Worth Wisdom and Wellness Center. Um, We have six clinicians on staff who are all EMDR trained and we are all virtual right now. So we actually serve the entire state of Georgia. Um, I am licensed in a few other states as well. Check my bio because it's like 18. I cannot tell you off the top of my head, but definitely head over to the website, check out our bio. And you can also follow us on Instagram at Worth Wisdom Wellness. And we would love to connect with you. Um, You can just schedule a free consultation for my website if you are interested in learning more about starting therapy or any way that we can help you reach out. We're happy to help. Thank you, Dr. McCletta. I hope you have a wonderful day. Thank you so much for this. Thank you so much. (laughs) Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. Before we get started, let's take a small break to say thank you to this week's sponsors.